This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. We know you would like to sit next to him in the dugout or in his office. But this is your chance to chat with the manager of the Minnesota Twins. This is the Paul Molitor Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Molitor Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, hello and welcome. It's the Paul Molitor Show. Chris Atterbury here. It's City Field in New York. We are in Flushing, Queens on kind of a cloudy, overcast day. The weather's been brilliant the first couple of days uh, of this trip into the Big Apple. And the Twins wrap up a series with the Mets here this afternoon. Cal Gibson will try to back up a very good start in Detroit as uh, he will be opposed by what looks to be a bullpen day for the New York Mets. And it turned into a bullpen night for both teams yesterday as the teams play 12 before the Mets Walk off a home run, second of the uh, extra innings for Curtis Granderson. This is the Paul Molitor Show. Jack Morris is back in studio in Minneapolis, and Paul Molitor is downstairs here at City Field, uh, and he will be joining us shortly. So, uh, Jack, uh, first of all, good morning to you. Uh, as uh, what a ball game last night! Two extra inning home runs from the same guy. I'm not sure I've ever seen that. <laughs> no, it was a uh, it was actually a really good baseball game, Chris and. Uh, Unfortunately, the Twins came out on the short end again. Uh, the offense just couldn't uh, seem to muster up anything. No run support again for Irvin Santana, who pitched his heart out, uh, did his, his, everything you could ask him to do. And a really a nice uh, job by the bullpen last night also. It's just one of those tough losses. Yeah, one of those tough losses. First hit of the year for a left-handed batter against Ryan O'Rourke and obviously could not have come at a worse time. We are working to connect Paul Molitor here with us on the Paul Molitor Show. While we do that, why don't we go ahead and take our first time out. We'll take our first break here on the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer, uh, made in Minnesota. We'll take our first time out. When we come back, we'll try to rope in the manager. And uh, Jack and Paul and I will have a nice little discussion here on a Sunday morning. Glad to have you with us, kicking off a full Sunday of programming across our network. We'll take a time out. It's the Paul Molitor Show on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. I'm Jack Morris here in studio in Minneapolis. Chris Atterbury and the manager, Paul Molitor, now join us in uh, New York. And, Paul, uh, first of all, good morning. And uh, uh, last game of a, of a fairly long road trip where I feel you guys have uh, played quite good baseball, unfortunately come out on the short end of the stick in a couple games in New York, but uh, you got to feel pretty good about the way the guys have played here on this trip. Well, good morning to you guys. Sorry about the little technical difficulties here. Uh, you know, it uh, I, the, the trip does seem to get a little long, Jack. I just think, uh, you know, time of the year and, and the losses and those type of things. But I, I think there's been 
some positives. Uh, you know, obviously last night a game we had a chance to win. The first night here, lack of offense. Uh, Detroit, we had a lead that we couldn't hold on to. Um, a lot of recurring themes throughout the year, but um, I've been pleased that we, you know we're still going out there and fighting. We're a little undermanned in terms of uh, numbers and injuries and some things that we're trying to uh, you know piece together as we get here through these last couple of weeks. But it'd be nice to salvage one here today against the Mets. They're playing. They're playing well. They have extremely a lot of consequence involved in each and every game, and it's a good test for our guys as well as gaining some experience. Hey, Paul, it's Chris upstairs here at City Field, and every one of the four losses on this road trip, you're two and four, every one of them has been decided late, where it was a tie game or you even had a short lead late in the ball game. As you continue your evaluation process and watch the maturation of your young team, are you watching to see how they react in those situations, and are there things that they can learn as players and that you can learn about them being in these tight spots late in games against teams with a lot on the line? Well, I think you can learn some things. Um, you know, in the short term here, guys that have made some adjustments, particularly the guys that have been late call-ups and they're getting opportunities to pitch in close games, uh, some of the at-bats some of our younger players are taking with the game on the line, and you just want to... You want to see poise and calm. It doesn't mean that there's going to be, you know, positive results every time. You just don't want to see nerves and uh, anxiousness as a reason for for, some, for something not to happen. But, you know, we've seen improvement. You know, Shaguas had a really nice run here where he got off to a rough start. I think Wimmers is throwing the ball well. You know, last night we got the ball in our hands of our more experienced guys with, you know, Presley and Rogers and, and Kinsler and, um, just one of those games where it didn't work out. But, yeah, we're, we're watching. I, I don't know how much to carry over into next spring because, I, you know, each season stands on its own. But these guys are trying to make impressions, and we are watching. Paul, uh, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, the improvement of J.T. Chagua, uh, Taylor Rogers has pitched well, Buddy Boshers has pitched well, yes. and last night Alex Wimmers uh, did another nice job. The one thing that seems to really stand out for me is their ability to come in and throw strike one when they did not do that in, in the games that they've scuffled in. Uh, is that something you and Neil have really preached to them, or is it just something that they finally have realized as part of the game that can work in their advantage? Well, I, I think, Jack, I think they've been made well aware of it throughout their climb through the minor leagues, um, the strike one importance and how it just sets up your uh, ability to use your pitches and attack hitters and get them to expand, especially if you have high-end stuff. I, I think when guys first get here, they may be a little bit more fearful of contact or, or, or getting knocked around a little bit, so they get a little bit tentative. But I think that's been the, the biggest difference for a guy like uh, Shagwa in particular. Um, you know, we've seen a much more aggressive approach early in the count, and, and he's getting you know some pretty positive feedback. You know, Boshears was doing that well early. He kind of got away from it. Might have been related to that elbow issue a little bit, but he's back attacking. And I think as far as, you know, some of those other guys, you know, Wimmers, some of those people, they're they're learning that they have to trust their stuff here. You don't have to do things differently. Yes, you have to execute, but go ahead and, you know, you're here for a reason, and go ahead and use those pitches, and hopefully good things will happen. Yeah, and that's certainly been a bright spot of late here, Paul. One one note from last night's game, and we don't want to dwell just on one game, but Eddie Rosario had to leave that ball game after the slide at first base. He was shaking his hand. What do we know about Eddie and what exactly uh, occurred? It looked almost like he might have slid into the spikes of the, of the pitcher covering the bag. Well, we, we're not uh, totally uh, 100% sure to, as as far as the extent of the injury. We will have him reexamined uh and probably get some more pictures tomorrow when we get home. 
uh, you know, there's not a lot of times where I'm a, an advocate of sliding into first base. There are, there are times to avoid a collision, at, at times to avoid being tagged. There, there's different things that come up. I thought it was a good effort on his part, but unfortunately, you know, you jam that hand into the ground, into the base, and sometimes a cleat, and, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of give there. And, and so, you know, he was in a lot of pain, and, um, you know, we're hoping that it's not a season-ending deal, but we won't have all that information until tomorrow. Paul, speaking of uh, sliding into first, uh, you know, I played with a guy that did it all the time, Chet Lemon, um, and uh, so many times, same type of injury, jam fingers, jam thumbs, uh, wrists, all that. It's uh, scientifically been proven that you can run through the base faster than you can slide through the base. Give us an example of when it's a good time to slide in. Well, you know, I used to teach in the minor leagues, Jack. Um, if you're running down the line and there's a throw from the left side of the infield and you have, and you can peripherally see that it's going to take the first baseman off, and uh, the big part of that slide is to make sure you recognize it early enough because otherwise you can risk injury as well. But if you might want to slide under a potential tag on an errant throw, um, there are times when the first baseman might be feeding the pitcher and the pitcher is maybe a hair behind you. He's a little late to cover. And his best chance is going to be to tag you on the back. I, 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 I like guys who can dive away to the outside corner of the base to make it a tougher tag. And then there's a place where the first baseman might be taking the play on his own and you guys are on a collision course. And uh, if you can avoid a collision by, by hitting the ground, that might be another good time to try to think about that. It's a Sunday morning in New York. we got the uh, the Leaf Blowers doing their thing here at City Field. Paul is here in the manager's office. Jack Morris back in studio at Target Field. This is the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And we'll take our second time out when we come back. We'll talk a little bit about life here in the Big Apple, a trip to uh, City Field for, uh, for Paul uh, after all those years in the American League and a whole lot more. That's coming up. It's the Paul Molitor Show right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Paul Mahler Show. Paul and Chris in New York at City Field. I'm Jack Morris here in the studio. Paul, uh, one of the luxuries we get here to listen to some great music prior to the show coming on today, we had... Bob Seeger uh, singing one of his best songs, Traveling Man, and uh, Memories That Make You a Wealthy Soul. Uh, give me an idea of your thoughts of New York. I know it's your first trip to City Field. Uh, seems like players either love the Big Apple or can't stand it. Uh, there's rarely anything in between. But uh, you got some great memories of New York? Jack, I'm sure you uh, have some as well. I, You know, you, you come here year after year for you know your your entire adult life and and there's going to be a lot of positives there's certainly something unique about this city and and the energy and uh you know the opportunities it provides in terms of entertainment and theater and 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 restaurants and culture um beautiful central park which is continues amazes me how a, a park that size can sit in the middle of a city of almost 20 million people but you know there's also the the downside is uh you know something like last night when you you know have uh, you know potential attacks uh, on the people here and their safety. It's it, it's one of those targeted cities because of the size and the fact that everybody knows what's going on in New York. But some great baseball memories. Um, you know playing against some great Yankee teams throughout the years and some of their great 
history, you know, back in the days. We played here in the playoffs way back in 1981 in the miniseries, and just uh, some good memories. My first trip to uh, City Field, first time I've ever been involved with baseball against the Mets, except for spring training. Unfortunately, the first couple haven't gone our way, but hopefully we can find a way to win a day today. But uh, obviously New York, it's a tremendous place. You did manage to get in a double switch last night, though. Well, it was. Uh, I had I thought about it prior to, uh, you know, Rosie hurting his hand. Just how we were looking at proceeding forward. You know, when you have a lot of pitching out there, it's not as crucial, and we are a little bit limited, uh, even though we are in September about options. But it was going to be a time where I, I was going to consider that, and then the injury just kind of confirmed it. Yeah, Paul, you had to go deeper into the bullpen than obviously you would have liked. Uh, you get Kyle today. Now Kyle was very, very good in Detroit, and he tries to back that up here today uh, against a Mets team that hits a lot of home runs, though they don't necessarily score a ton of runs. Uh, what made Kyle so successful against a good Tigers lineup, and what does he have to do to have similar success against the Mets today? Well, you know, we always talk about the aggressiveness of Kyle Gibson, uh, you know, trying to uh, find ways to pound the zone and, and use the, the, the natural movement he's got on his two-seamer as well as that four-seamer when he needs to throw a strike. Um, he's a guy that sometimes, I think especially when he's behind, he, he's trying to make that perfect pitch, and, and a lot of times it just tails out of his own, and then the, the, it kind of deteriorates from there. So I, I think the aggressiveness we saw in Detroit, he had a really good changeup that day. You know, it was his slider and changeup play, but it, it all comes off his fastball. Paul, when I look back at Kyle's last start, I know he uh, seemed to be on the ropes earlier in the ball game. Uh, bases loaded situation, close ball game. And uh, two outs, he got Jared Saltalamaki to swing at three pitches out of the zone, got out of that jam, and from that point on, he was on cruise control. He was able to limit damage. The the guys got him some runs, and he ended up pitching a strong game, got the win. What is it about him? And and you know, I, I don't. Maybe we shouldn't just pick on him, but pitchers in general that have a tough time putting together back-to-back uh, quality starts. Kyle's one of those guys that, over his career, has been really, really good on days that he's won and not so good on days that he hasn't won. And, uh, you know, I know you've been preaching consistency with him. What is it about him that limits him from doing that? Uh, you know, that, that's a question that we're, we're trying to solve. Uh, you know, obviously you're going to have pitchers that kind of build reputations over time of being a guy that has value, but, they're, you know, if, you, if you're a 500 pitcher, it means you're going to have, you know, as many bad days as good days. And, and we think Kyle still has another level that he hasn't quite been able to find in terms of elevating his game. You know, we had a nice talk the other day about some of the things about pitching and, uh, you know, my thoughts of a hitter and facing him and things that I think that would be effective uh, just to try to improve his chances uh, start to start. And, uh, you know, he's 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 got the the makeup to, to to find that it just hasn't happened yet i think the other day in that detroit situation bases loaded you know what can happen there is you get a big out and you stay away from potentially a big number by by making pitches with two outs getting off the field you know it snowballed the rest of that game and you hope the confidence factor from doing something like that rolls in today i know we're jumping back and forth a little bit by talking about today's game and going back over the last week but mm-hmm. i want to talk a little bit about jose barrios uh his outing uh, I know that it doesn't look on paper like there was a lot of improvement. Did you see any uh, that you you noticed? And I, I don't think we should overlook the effort that you got out of Irvin Santana yesterday. Well, I think in Jose's case, Jack, uh, you know, we, we, 
we've tried some things to try to make his windup more efficient, uh, less moving parts, just to try to improve consistency. And he was comfortable with trying something that Neil and Eddie suggested. And there were some positives there. Obviously, there were some misfires. He threw a ton of fastballs early. And, um, you know, it's, you try something a little bit different, which is probably the right thing when, when you're having trouble finding results. And, you know, you've got you to be patient through that. I, I'm hoping that with another good side, he'll come back and have an even better game for us next week. Um, Irvin last night, you know, early on he had the, you know, the perfect innings early. It looked like he had a chance to do something special. Uh, they, they finally lined a base hit. But he, he kept the hits down. Really didn't have a lot of trouble to deal with until that last inning in the seventh there, and, and man, did he make some pitches. I, he made a 3-1 change on, I can't remember the hitter, that was just beautiful, and he came back and got him 3-2, and and then with the bases loaded, they're throwing pinch hitters up to left and right. I was going to give him a chance to get out of the inning. He said he felt great, and sure enough, he was able to get us off the field. So it, it, was, a, it was a marvelous performance. You know, Paul, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, he was in the middle of his windup when they wanted to throw a pinch runner out, and he got time called on him, and he was he was not happy looking into that Mets dugout. I'm not sure I've seen Irvin, who's a pretty stoic guy on the facade on the mound. I'm not sure I've seen him as fired up as he was after he got the strikeout following that with the bases loaded. Well, you know, I think sometimes guys take those moves that are a little bit distracting and the timing of them a little bit personal. Uh, he was definitely into the game, and his focus was impeccable. I, you know, you could just see pitch to pitch and how he was bearing down. And you got to get into a situation in a one nothing game late, and uh, you know that could have thrown somebody off and and got him off track. But I think it made him bear down all the more. And, and I think we saw a little bit of emotion out of him after after he got the last out, which is a little bit untypical, but. You know, that's good to see it because you know that even though he has that calm demeanor exterior, on the exterior, that he, he's, he's very competitive internally. Well, yeah, fire good. burning deep. And uh, we got to take a timeout, Jack. We'll get right back to that when, when we return. We'll take our, la- our last break here within the show. We'll come back more from Jack. We'll see if we know anything about Gabriel Enoa, who is scheduled to make his first big league start today for the Mets as well. This is the Paul Molitor Show on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to the Paul Muller Show. Paul, uh, show. Paul's in New York. Uh, Paul, i, I got to ask you a little bit about this uh, New York Mets uh, pitching staff. You know, they, they've got some of their big-name pitchers on the DL. Today's starter that was supposed to start, Jacob deGrom, looks like he's going to be done for the year. And yet, their bullpen has got to be impressing you. Uh, it certainly has impressed me with what they've been able to do. Uh, today you've got another guy that maybe you don't know a lot about. What do you have on uh, the the pitcher today you know? Well, he, he doesn't have a lot of uh, innings or batters faced uh, in the big leagues this year. You know, you're you still able to t- obtain video, uh, some of his major league appearances and his uh, minor league work. Uh, you know, he's a tall, slender right-hander who's got a little bit, bit of giddy-up. Um, he's had some command issues. Uh, so you hope that your team can be patient. Uh, we're running out uh, a pretty young lineup against them today, so you know we'll have youth on the mound against some youthful hitters. We'll, we'll see who make, makes out. But uh, you know we're trying to find a way to uh, to salvage the game here. You talk about their bullpen, Jack. I think they got 38 or 39 people on their roster, which makes it pretty challenging to try to uh, uh, find your way through the matchups late in the game because you can always be countered when you have that many people. But the guys that have been doing the majority of their work, the Blevins is their left-hander they use the most, and Familia and Reed, we've seen the 
you know, the last couple of nights. So despite the fact they've had some injuries to their rotation, they, they still seem to be finding a way to get it done. Yeah, Familia's thrown a lot of pitches, more than likely would not be uh, a guy Terry Collins would hope to have to go to here today. You've got a new addition in your dugout, and it's not a player. Chad Allen was here. Great to see Chad around. He came up from, from Rochester and now from Chattanooga. Doug Mankiewicz joins you guys in the dugout. When you bring up a coach from the minor leagues, and you've got a lot of guys that they've managed in the minor leagues over the course of the year, what sure. kind of information are you looking for from those guys, and, and how do they integrate into your staff? Well, I think primarily you bring up coaches and maybe another trainer or strength coach in the fall to just kind of manage the numbers. These guys obviously both big league time, Chad and, and Doug, and um, so they, it's not something that they're not familiar with. You know, I, I took some time with Chad and, and kind of went through the AAA roster and, and some people that I, I want to talk about and who I might want to keep my eye on as potentially filling roles down the road. And it's the same way with Doug. And, and you combine that with the fact that they've – They've had a lot of our players over the past couple of years, so they're familiar. You know, you get another set of eyes on a hitter or something, and, uh, you know, you have conversations on what they remember about them when they had them and how they've changed or what kind of adjustments maybe we can consider. It's just a, it's just a more knowledge, guys that, that know that know our players, and, and hopefully they can provide some input as well as taking away some of the workload. All right, and hopefully you guys can grab that win today. Paul, thanks for joining us here today. You guys have a good Sunday. Thank you, Paul. Have a good day. All right, Jack, that's going to wrap it up. We managed to piece it together with three people in three very different spots. Uh, great show, as always. And uh, you go ahead and keep that chair warm till we get home after uh, the game tonight, all right? It's waiting for you, kiddo. <laughs> all right. For Jack Morris and Paul Molitor, this has been the Paul Molitor Show, brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. A whole lot more to come across the network all day long, right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to The Paul Molitor Show, sponsored by Killigrew Rupier, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.